and welcome to the How To CEO podcast. I'm your host, Murray Newland. When you decided to become a CEO, the world changed. You can either crash and burn or you can make an amazing company. In this episode, we're going to be looking at what CEOs need to know about investment bankers and specifically tech investment bankers. I'm delighted to be joining here, joined by Vitali from Yes Capital. Vitali, please introduce yourself and, uh, and more about what you do. Hi, my name is Vitaly Golem. I'm the managing partner of GS Capital, uh, a tech investment bank based in Bay Area, but doing lots of work globally, especially with European companies. I was previously a partner at uh, HP's uh, corporate venture arm, HP Tech Ventures, where we first uh, met, uh, Murray. And um, what I focus on now is primarily three things, uh, helping growth stage companies raise capital from the right investors, both corporate and financial and family offices in some cases. Um, we help uh, companies sell themselves, or if they get approached, uh, help them negotiate and structure the right uh, deal. Uh, in some cases, we are on the buy side, where large companies hire us to put together a strategy and go find them the right target to acquire and help them negotiate their deal. And then we do something quite unique in the industry, which is we call corporate venture advisory. We essentially function as an outsourced corporate venture department for companies, especially if they don't have proper presence in Silicon Valley. So why are founders typically coming to you? What is that? What are the typical um, reasons they come to you? And what are those models look like? Yeah, so with the early stage, you know, when you're talking about seed stage or very early stages of a company, the investment decision is primarily based on the team. Right? You take a look at the opportunity as an investor, and I've been on all sides of the table at this point. You take a look at the opportunity, you make a judgment whether you believe this is the right team to attack that problem, and then you want to bet on that pony. When you get to later stages, it's a much more technical approach to capital raising, the valuation of the company, uh, is much more based on revenues and your velocity of growth. And it gets a lot more technical, a lot more work. And um, this is where CFOs and COOs take a lot of the load off of the CEO for fundraising. Um, so this is where uh, a lot of companies choose to take, um, uh, take a partner in the investment bank to involve them and help them raise capital, especially when you're talking about uh, companies that are outside of Bay Area, which are not in the in the midst of Sand Hill Road, can go up and down and have that network. Um, or we're talking about increasingly more companies that really have a global picture. So, for example, I work with a lot of transportation mobility companies. That's not really just a Sand Hill Road type of thing. There are lots of participants, lots of strategics all over Europe, all over Asia, that are highly, highly interested in this category. And in fact, uh, just China itself is uh, almost 40% of the electric vehicle market globally at this point. So that's one part of it um, on the capital raise. On the part of, um, of uh, selling themselves, you know, a lot of times companies are doing great and they attract attention and there might be a young founder that's doing this for the first time. They get targeted by a big, uh, big company to take, to take them out and they put an offer on the table and the founders, they get really nervous because they have no idea how to negotiate what's a good deal. So just like they need lawyers for a lot of things, they certainly need bankers to help them structure the right exit if they choose to go that way and, and handle the whole process. It's not just as simple as somebody pushing a, a napkin with a number across the table. It's usually a process that takes three to six months. It's highly technical. There's due diligence. There's uh, 
legal issues, there's structuring the earnout, and certainly you can use a helping hand there from somebody who has done it many times before and knows how to structure something that's not going to come back and bite you in the butt. So uh, that's that. Those are the primary things. I think a lot of founders don't understand who investment bankers are. Yeah. I certainly get a lot of uh, you know uh, seed stage pitches from founders on LinkedIn still. Um, not understanding that I'm actually uh, there to help them raise capital eventually when they get to later stages. So it's really important for them to understand that we kind of we're, we're essentially a service provider uh, to help um, companies that are growing quickly find the right partners and structure the right deals. So, what um, at what stage, at what uh, capital raise size, or what revenue? What are the what are the factors um, involved in deciding that? Um, Somebody's big enough to go to investment banking. What size of deal? Because presumably, as a service provider, there's a like, you have your structure. What does your structure look like? And also, yep. what does that like, client profile look like? Yeah, we certainly uh, don't take everybody who walks in. We're not a Starbucks. Um, we don't have the bandwidth. Every project uh, takes literally hundreds of hours uh, by the time you're done with it. So based model. It's a, usually a small single digit percentage of the transaction and you have to really um, be, be willing to invest those hundreds of hours of your team's time into a project. So you have to have that certain belief level um, and not every project, you know, far from every project is successful. So we, uh, we look at projects that uh, usually starting around say $20 million capital raise. That's when the company is pretty mature has revenue usually and is really ready to scale. And at that point, it actually makes sense to bring in, especially strategic investors who can do something with that company. So a lot of times we might structure a partnership or a joint venture alongside an investment from a, a corporate or from a strategic investor. So really probably the place, you know, it's certainly not seed capital. It's not, you know, $200,000 uh, first uh, That's not a, Hello, are you still there? I seem to have some uh, some breakup on my side of the uh, of the video. Um, uh, let's hope that that um, did record. We are recording in the cloud, so I think we'll record it on the side. So okay. okay, so you're coming to raise um, uh, you're coming to raise rounds of about twenty uh, million dollars plus. Um, what does that process look like from the from the founder's perspective? That's a very good question. So um, our job is to run a very organized, very formal process. What that means is that if we're doing a capital raise or we're doing M and A, you know, it's similar in that way where we will come up with a list of uh, of potential investors or potential buyers. In in most cases, from folks we've already have a relationship with, we've talked to in the past that are in our database that we match up based on rationale and that we think is a good fit. That list could be easily 100, 200 or more different contacts. Um, we run a very, uh, very formal sales process through our CRM, like anybody should if they're contacting a lot of folks. And um, what we do is we put together a presentation, we put together a teaser, we put together nice clean financials, um, at some point, maybe not right away, but it, but throughout the process, we'll put together due diligence data room uh, where everything is nice and organized for the potential investor or buyer so it can speed up the process. And um, our team will reach out to our contacts 
uh, present the company, try to generate interest. If we do find a match, we'll typically handle the first uh, pre-screening calls and meetings to make sure there really is a match and then uh, follow up and, and uh, schedule time with the management team uh, as a second phase. And in that phase, we already kind of have a nice good match and the investor or the buyer, they're, they're starting to kind of poke around and get to know the team. And then from there, it's, it's kind of three parties working together uh, to see if we can get to a deal. So from a, from a founder perspective, if I want to, um, I want to engage someone such as yourself, uh, does it matter if, should I, should I do my homework first and get my data room uh, cleaned up, tidy? Um, do you come across uh, great startups where you come across them and you're just like, the, the back end is not organized and you just, you just think, okay, that's just going to be too much work to take on that disorganized mess. Um, is that, does that play a factor or what are the factors which, which go into play when you think about taking a different approach? Yeah, I mean, it, it could be a red flag if the company is disorganized. You know, it's like if somebody has a very uh, disorganized desk, they're probably a little bit disorganized in how they think. So if we encounter a business that's a complete mess, um, we certainly won't feel confident presenting it. Um, we do our part in, in professionalizing a lot of things. A lot of times we'll see founders who have, uh, you know, even at that stage have a part-time CFO. Well, the CFO, you know, they're not in Bay Area, they're somewhere else, they're not really skilled or experienced in managing tech companies and doing projections. So many times, I'd say most times, we end up um, working with a team to redo the financials, clean them up, put them in a nice standard professional format. So there's a lot of cleanup that happens. That certainly is part of the process. Um, what we focus on is to see if we're going to be effective because uh, we want to only make promises or projections that we can keep. And we certainly don't want to waste our own time with a project that, uh, that the market we don't think will support. So we try to be as frank and, and honest with the founders as we possibly can uh, to make sure that um, they have the right expectations and uh, that uh, we you know, run a process that has a very good chance of success. And so let's talk about what are some of the, some of the red flags and some of the, um, some of the things that can make this process more successful? You know, it, um, I have the benefit of being on the venture side for a number of years as well. <clears throat> and really the signals, it may be different for bankers who are, you know, bankers from diapers. Uh, and there's certainly lots of people that go to business school and then right into banking without having any uh, operational experience or, or investment experience. But in my case, my filter is really tuned to what investors would uh, be looking for, which is, can I trust the team? Is this the right team? Um, do they have a plan and not just a vision? Are they executing on that plan? You know, we wanna see all those things coming together. We wanna have the confidence because if we go to essentially a lot of our friends who are on the, on the buy side, the investment side, and we represent this company and make a recommendation, if we, you know, more than once uh, recommend something that ends up being, um, you know, at worst fraud or at least kind of unreliable, certainly that, uh, that hurts our credibility as well. So that's, um, you know, we, we're careful in that, that it's a big part of, big part of our values, our reputation, um, because otherwise people will stop picking up the phone when they call. Um, so, you know, from that perspective, I'm just looking for good, solid, fungible companies with, with uh, really inspiring and uh, smart entrepreneurs running behind it. Um, 
that I would feel comfortable recommending and, and putting my reputation behind. Now, do different firms tend to focus on different niches and have different networks? Or, or how does that work? What should you, what should you as CEO look for in, in how you want to work with? Well, investment bankers certainly have specializations. Um, as I mentioned, a uh, big part of what I do right now is focus on transportation and mobility, which is a red hot sector. And I have a lot of experience in it, a lot of big network in it, and, and probably, um, you know, one, one of the best networks out there um, in the industry. And, and certainly there are a lot of, uh, of investment bankers, just like investors that specialize in different categories and they may have a more technical background. For example, I wouldn't touch uh, pharmaceuticals because I don't have a background in that, and it's a highly technical field, you know, just like um, many other factors. So there's there's media, there's fintech. Uh, all these categories are different industries with their own networks, with their own investors, with uh, oftentimes their own investment bankers. If you can find a specialist for your niche, um, I'd highly recommend using somebody that, that, that speaks the language, that speaks your language and understands your business. Um, generalists, you know, can, can kind of make things happen more or less but uh, specialists can always kind of talk the talk a little bit better, I would say. Excellent, and speaking of uh, specialists, who would you recommend um, in the industry? Who else do you think is doing a great job? You know, we partner with uh, lawyers quite a bit. Um, I would say um, there's there's one very well-known guy here, Bay Area, in M&A world, uh, Larry Chu at Goodwood, is a friend and uh, always fun to uh, to banter with. And we also work with DLA Piper, of course, um, for, for a number of years. So, um, you know, there, there are lots of great professionals. We're very fortunate in Bay Area, especially, uh, to have such a built-out ecosystem. Um, you know, in, in other parts of the world, uh, it's a little bit tougher to find uh, people with such experience. Excellent. Thank you very much for being on the show. If people want to connect with you, how do they do that? Uh, you can find us at GSCAP gscap.co online. You can find me on Twitter. I don't tweet a whole lot, but Vitaly G, V-A-T-A-L-Y-G. Um, you can also uh, buy my book on Amazon. If you are a first-time founder, especially, uh, it, it tends to be helpful. It's called Accelerated Startup. And uh, generally, if you find me online, I'm, I'm pretty responsive. And um, I try to be helpful as much as I can for all the entrepreneurs. Uh, I've been in the trenches before this for a good 16 years on my own with three of my own companies. So um, all, all the knees on my jeans are worn out from begging for money as an entrepreneur. <laughs> I feel the pain and uh, I, I try to help as much as I can. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm Marie Newlands. You've been listening to the How to CEO podcast. Thank you for subscribing and I look forward to speaking with you next time.